tall are you? Sir, five foot nine, sir! Five foot nine? I didn't know they stacked shit that high. You trying to squeeze an inch in on me somewhere, huh? What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty podcast, proudly streaming live on the Player Profiler YouTube channel. Tonight's show, we're going to be talking about our personal rookie dynasty drafts and a guy that I've been stuck with for uh, many a dynasty draft. We're in many leagues together. He is my co host. It is the man of the hour and the man with the power, Jerry Sinclair, buddy. What's going on? Randall, Randall, Randall. Rookie draft season just two dozen under my belt probably or at least it seems like it with every time my phone gets a notification i feel like my battery this week from the point of the draft until now my phone is just continuously dead because i get 13 quintillion sleeper notifications every single day uh but i wouldn't have it any other way because it's the best time of the year everybody's overpaying I mean, I, I even overpaid a little bit for it to get in. I got uh, the rookie picks. Just the fever hits you every once in a while, and you just can't help it. I have a league where I'm a contender, and I sold Keenan Allen pretty light just just because. I don't know. It gets me, too. It's like a drug that you just cannot quit, man. Uh, rookie season is great, man. It's but, but I've learned a lot. I mean, literally, the NFL draft ended eight days ago. And I think between us, I think we said we've done 25, maybe more Probably rookie close. drafts between the two of us. And we still got like a bunch to go. That's the best part, right? Is that we're just getting started, but there's so much more we can do with rookie season. And I've learned a bunch of lessons already. I really have. And like some guys that that we're missing out on. But is, is there anything crazy? Don't, don't get too in-depth, but just a, what, what's something crazy you've seen? You know, I, honestly, nothing crazy. It, this is a once we get to a certain point in this draft, I just don't think there's anything you can do that's crazy. Like, like our man uh, always says, it's just it's a total Jesse. He he just says there is no reaches once you hit to a certain point in this draft. You're just taking your guys, and I've never, I've never believed anything more in my life because that that's how I feel at this point. There's there's guys I've seen go at. 110 and in a different draft they'll go at 302 and like i'm not surprised by either of them it's just it's the state of this class man it's it take your guys when you have to take your guys one of the best things i've heard and you just mentioned a modified version of it was a, a draft podcast it was i want to think it was first draft but it may have been someone else and they said there are no reaches the market is literally telling telling you where these guys were draftable. You know, you can call a guy a value, you can call a guy a reach, but at the end of the day, the market becomes the market. And, and that's where people find that value. And that's what we're going to help you discover tonight. So real quick, just a little shameless promotion. We'll get right into it. We've got a good person, bad tweets for you. Uh, a lot to cover on tonight's show, but podcast, YouTube, Make sure you're subscribed everywhere, especially YouTube, both channels. I see how many of you are watching. Make sure when this is over, go subscribe to the Dynasty Warzone. Why? Because you would have caught the conversation I had last week with Greg, a.k.a. G, 
of the Aussie guys. We did that last Monday night. And then you would have caught part two of our rookie conversation that Jerry and I had last Wednesday night, but we didn't make those over to the player profiler audience on their YouTube. Now it's free. You can download the podcast wherever you get podcasts. You can watch it wherever you would be watching podcasts, mostly YouTube. So check us out. Search Dynasty Warzone everywhere. Subscribe. If it's Spotify, hit those little stars in the what, what they, they upper right-hand corner. Leave us a five-star review on Apple. Like, subscribe, jump in the comments. And Jerry, I'm ready. I, I, that's it. That's all the shameless promoting I'm going to do for now. Okay, I can dig it. Then let's roll. Let's get the All party right. started, buddy. All right, two weeks in a row, we've got a good people, bad tweets. So this is a tweet that instantly hit me, and I know it's going to hit home for you because it's talking about your guy. It's talking about Kenny Walker. Motherfucking Kenny. All right. Kenny, Kenny, I know Kenny's killing you. And this comes from the Fantasy Scape podcast, okay? Okay. And they, and they said, I don't know if it's man, woman, or beast, but they, so we're going to stick with the pronoun they, they said Seattle was apparently not very happy with Kenneth Walker's constant dancing in the backfield. I wonder if they drafted Charbonnet not only to take a receiver type role, but to also limit the amount of between the tackles runs for Walker. Something to think about. What? How, how does anybody actually watch what Kenneth Walker did? last season and just not be highly impressed by him. I, I like, like he he's exponentially more explosive than Zach Charbonnet is. And the man can find a crease that normal human beings cannot see. So I just, I, I think that like whenever I think of a running back that dances behind the backfield, I think of someone like Ronald Jones or Kevin Smith back in the day. You know, I mean, even Devin Singletary to an extent, like it just they dance, they go side to side. They never go north, south. I don't I don't see that with Kenneth Walker. Like the guy's got great vision. He can make a cut in the backfield, but it's it's for a reason. It's not because he's. You know, not able to make a decision. I don't know. That's just that's crazy for me. Uh, my, my question when I when I read this was, does this podcast have a mole inside the Seattle organization. No. I, I, I don't I don't think so. So how would you know if they were happy, unhappy, not happy? Are, are, are they having like a ticker tape parade for Kenneth Walker and his performance? Or or, or were, are you speculating? Because it's because it, to say anyone's not happy, I, I don't know their motives. You know, I, I record with Jerry every week. Do you think I love him? Do you think I hate him? Do you have an inside mole in the Dynasty Warzone? You don't know. That's that's conjecture at best. And I just like and I don't actually see Kenneth Walker as a dancer. You know, when I see dancers, you know, I, I think of like even Le'Veon Bell wasn't a dancer. You know who dances? You know what? And I don't want to go back down the DeAndre Swift rabbit hole. But do you know who feels like he dances behind the line and then tries to always pop the outside and, and, and turn it up? Fields DeAndre Swift. I don't see that with Kenneth Walker. I see a pretty decisive guy. I see a guy who sees a hole, hits a hole, goes through a hole. Uh, just the whole thing about this tweet that chapped my ass was the Seattle apparently not very happy with his dancing in the backfield. He's like, unless you got that direct from Pete Carroll or the GM or the OC, that's conjecture. That's not helpful at all to anybody in, in the dynasty space. No, no, I do like how we asked the question. You know, I wonder that that part was good. 
but I don't know, man. That just uh, the the unhappy part just really uh, cooked me. Just this is the thing about the NFL draft is it does not give us like not a single GM gives a rat's ass about anybody that plays fantasy or dynasty or how they mock draft like Mel Kiper, uh, hairspray McGillicuddy himself. You know, they, everybody always goes, well, this is a reach. They reached on this person or this person fell in the draft. That's that's entirely based on somebody else's arbitrary ranks. So I just I, I don't get it. like the like the Lions, for instance, like I'm just going to talk about them because they're my team, like not a single person on the planet thought they were going to take Jameer Gibbs, like not with DeAndre Swift. And after signing David Montgomery, like there's just not a, a single thought that that ever popped into their head. He was the guy that was at the top of their board at the time. So that's who they took. And that's what they did with Zach Charbonnet. Same exact well, what, thing. It, it, it doesn't mean that they're crapping on. On Kenneth Walker, it just means they think that is a very talented running back and they want to give him the opportunity to have the ball. It doesn't mean he's the replacement. Stop that. Like, listen, I'm, I'm ready to jump to jump from the highest building because of my overreactions to this Kenneth Walker thing. But come on. What if what if Seattle actually sees themselves as making some noise in the playoffs? What if with Rashad Penny leaving in free agency that they said, Hey, you know what? We need another running back. You know what? We don't want to go get Dusty Zeke. We don't want to go get Dusty Leonard Fournette. We don't want to go get Dusty Kareem Hunt. Second round running back money is a lot cheaper than all of that. And, and, and we're going to talk about money and, and how you can find deals as we dive deeper in, into the body of this show. I think there's and a just lot another of- thing real quick, though. I mean, this is a dude that's had Rashad Penny for four years. So if he knows anything about running backs getting hurt and he had Chris Carson, who got banged up quite a bit i mean generally he was a a freak who played through it as best he could but he's a guy who has dealt with running backs getting hurt in the end over and over and over and over again for the last half of a decade so it's not a surprise that he would want depth when previously he had dj dallas as the depth so i mean it's not a crazy thing that they brought in a running back it just sucks for all of us because we wanted zach charbonnet to be a thing and we wanted kenneth walker to continue to be a workhorse and we're not getting either of them yeah, I just saw this tweet and the happy comment really, uh, really got to me. But I'll tell you what's going to get to you. We're going to give you 60 seconds of our good friend, the Podfather, talking about the Breakout Finder. Please listen to uh, a quick one minute. We'll be right back talking about all of the rookies we have and have not drafted. Oh, hey, it's a Mr. Breakout Finder coming at you. The Breakout Finder features three key tools. A database of metrics that includes speed score, college dominator, breakout age, but also breakout finder only stats like dynamic score, level of competition, teammate score. All of these things are part of the overall breakout finder algorithm that pinpoints the probability that a player will break out. Everyone's talking about my model does this and my model does that. Well, we give you the data points that go into the model. We have a feature that lets you compare players and then we give you the precise probability of every wide receiver, every running back sorted and filterable by class year. So when I'm talking to my friends and I need to show them why I'm so bullish on player X, I pull out the breakout finder and bam, there he is. So go to the app store, go to Google play. It's five bucks to get the breakout finder. And then a couple extra bucks to get some of these additional enhanced stats, go download it and thank me later. All right, Jerry, uh, we are going to thank him later. Let me ask you a question. How many leagues yep. do you play in? And, and, and let me ask you a two-parter. 
How many leagues do you play in, and what do you think the average cost per league is? Without uh, without embarrassing yourself, I mean, let me let me rephrase <laughs> it without making you exposure. No, 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 no. We can say that. I mean, I would say on av- most of my leagues are probably like fifty bucks a league. Uh, I am probably in twenty five ish or so would be my guess. I don't actually know. So a thousand dollars. It's it's fair to say at a minimum you're invested at a thousand dollar level. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so the breakout finder is five dollars. Okay. okay, the add on the add ons at an additional five dollars. So literally, you could be investing one percent, one, one percent of your annual spend on Dynasty. You could, in addition to, use the Breakout Finder, which would help you with all the rookie drafts and all the things that you do. Do you think a one percent investment when you're investing over a thousand dollars could be way more? Jerry rolls deep, kids, but it, it could be way more. But is it worth one percent of your bankroll? to be able to enhance your performance as a dynasty gamer. I mean, I think Warren Buffett would say, absolutely. If you can get a 1% return, you get that 1% return. I mean, uh, for, for 10 bucks for the rookies and the uploads, it, it seems pretty, pretty reasonable, but Jerry, I want to hear you be unreasonable. I want to hear about all of your drafts and, and, and maybe some of the guys that, that you're getting the most of what, what are some things you're seeing in your drafts? Like, it, are are the quarterbacks going as expected? Is there a guy that that you've you've seen continually moving up? Anything that's caught you off guard or that's impressed you? I wouldn't say off guard. I think the first probably nine picks or so are just straight up chalk. Like there there's some you know differentiation between certain players, but for the most part, it's Bijan at one, and then usually three quarterbacks and then either the person that likes Jameer Gibbs or they like Jackson Smith and Jigba. And then it's going to be either Jordan Addison or Quentin Johnston. And then there's Will Levis. And the, and then it sort of, it fades off a little bit. Uh, the one thing of the first round picks that are, I, I would say they're consensus. I think, I think Zay flowers has gone in every first round that I've done. I have none of him. It's just low passing volume. I I know we've shit on him before, and it's one of those situations where normally I would like to diversify so I can at least have one share in case he you know does prove me wrong. I just haven't yet, and I don't know if I'm gonna just because in that spot I don't like taking a first on that guy in that situation. So that that's what I would say as far as the first round is concerned. What about you? Anything anything wild or anything you're just not touching? I have yet to see anyone take Quentin Johnston over Jordan Addison. I'm not saying that that you haven't seen it, but if you see that, that is value. That that is just tremendous value. I think Jordan Addison, even though again, we keep these guys for their entire career or as long as we choose to. Sometimes we make trades. I I love to make trades, so the odds of me keeping someone forever is slim to none, depending mine zero, but yeah, uh, upon the league. You know, uh, you know, the Godfather once said, Marlon Brando, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. And if you make me an offer I can't refuse, everybody's got a price. Now that was Ted DiBiase, but everybody's got a price. So eventually I will. But if if someone takes Quentin Johnston at the 107, I am all the way in. To, I, I will move up instantly. I will give you my 24 first and like, I don't want to say 110, but I, I, I'm, I'm in there. I'm, I'm making deals. I'm, yep. 
if, if I see him slide now, if I'm at the 108, I'm giving you the finger. I'm like telling you to kiss my ass. You're not getting I, I like because if I got 108, I'm expecting to maybe depending on my situation. We talked about it last week. You know, if I need a quarterback, I could see me taking Levis there. But if I'm at yeah. 108, I'm pretty much in a super flex. I've succumbed myself to the fact that I'm probably going to get Quentin Johnson. It is what it is. And if I'm at the 108, I'm on deck. I'm waiting for the son of a bitch in front of me to just go ahead and take Jordan Addison in front of me. I, I, I've again succumbed myself. I, I'm I'm clear that I'm getting Quentin Johnson, and then all of a sudden, it's like Christmas morning. The person in front of me takes Quentin Johnson, and I get Jordan Addison. No, no, you're not. You're not getting him from my cold dead fingers. That's a very good one. Now, do you have any Addison? Do you have any Johnson? Hundred percent. I have. I mean, I have taken Addison over him. Every single time I've had the opportunity, but I'm a person that doesn't exactly love Quentin Johnston. I do love his situation, and he is a person that profiles very well to make me look stupid. I, I mean, it, there there's literally no competition outside of A-Chain where a prospect in this class could make me look dumber. Because he's just he's a person that I didn't love coming in, and A-Chain, I'm just not touching. I don't I don't care that he's in Miami. It's just little dude like that like i'm just i am i'm sticking with history you know it, it that is that's my cup of tea and little guys like that are not likely to lead me to a dynasty championship and me be confident in starting them week 17 when i have a championship on the line so he's just not my guy but i definitely have both i prefer addison for sure um I, but i, I have say DJ. This. I, I got a couple i got wait, a couple wait. for sure I, I i like addison better because i like his skill set better yeah. You know, I, I do believe all three guys in, in both offenses are going to play a bunch. I think you're going to see a lot of TJ Hawkinson, a lot of Jordan Addison, and a lot of Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. But then the, the late, I don't know if it's lazy or unresearched or both, but I've seen a lot of these takes in that the, the Minnesota offense is so high volume. They get they get so much passing volume because the defense is so bad. I got, I got news for you. you. You wouldn't have guessed this, but Justin Herbert, through 60 more pass attempts last year than Kirk Cousins. If I'd have asked you, Jerry, if I'd have made you a wager, hey, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you Kirk Cousins and 25 passing attempts and I'm going to say I got Justin Herbert. Who gets more? You get you get Cousins and 25. You'd have felt like you were trapping me. Yeah, probably. But but but, but he did and he got a an offensive coordinator upgrade. Kellen Moore coming over from the Dallas Cowboys. And I think that offense is going to continue to put the ball in the air. Now, in fairness, probably it feels like a third of that 742 pass attempts went to Austin Eckler, and that that yeah. that, that, is, that that is what it is. But I, I do like as Quinn they Johnson. should a hundred percent, Jerry. That's what we so, want. So here's 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 the big question because this is the thing that I have struggled with in this rookie draft is who are you taking after that? When it gets to be the point where you're done with like the big eight or nine or whatever it is, and you're down to like Zay Flowers or just you know whoever Marvin Mims, you know Kendra Miller, you so know, I, I got, uh, I got, Johnny I, Mingo. I've I've written some names down. Once you get past the big eight, and it's some combination of Devon A. Chain, Zay Flowers, Will Levis, Dalton Kincaid. Um, the, now, Dalton Kincaid and Michael Meyer in a tight end premium. I, I do want to denote that. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, Kendra Miller, Roshan Johnson, Mingo, all of those guys. I will tell you, 
out of all of those guys that I just rattled off there, I would rather have Will Levis in a super flex league than all those guys. Well, because I agree, but let, let's it, it, let's cut let's cut Levis out of this. Let's go okay. let's go to the next year where it's not safe, where it's just it's an icky bunch of guys. If it's tight end premium for me, there it's definitely Dalton Kincaid. Okay, and if it's not tight end premium, it's probably going to be Dalton Kincaid. And here's why. I love the first round draft capital, but I, I love the volume of the offense. You know, this is a pass first offense, and, and the majority of the running is done by Josh Allen. And, you know, this is the second year of the offensive coordinator. And unlike Kellen Moore, his name is escaping me right now at the moment. But they need them. This is a team that's like maybe got one, two years left in their Super Bowl window because the big money deal for Allen's kicked in. And they weren't as desperate or as in bad of financial shape as the Chiefs who had to get rid of Tyreek Hill. But I, I just think that the league is a copycat league. And I actually had a great conversation with um, Adam Soslowski from Rotowire and the Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast. We did a podcast over on Rotowire. It dropped on Friday. And I heard this last year. And I'm I'm doing the research because I want to make sure it's it's accurate. But I think more teams want to go to 12 personnel. I think they want to line these tight ends up at the end of the line. They want to branch one of them out. They want to get them in mismatches. You know, Dalton Kincaid's a big dude. And if you can get him lined up on a nickel corner, that's a huge size advantage. Plus, he's pretty fast. So I, I think for me, it would be Dalton Kincaid there. Are you cool with Kincaid or would you rather go with an A-chain or a Flowers or even a guy that I'm I'm going to talk about here in just a second and Kendra Miller? So – uh, Harry Snowman got you. It was Ken Dorsey is the OC for the Bills. Bless his heart. Ken Dorsey, elite, an iPad. elite doing... college quarterback from the U back in the day, too. And, and uh, a hell of an iPad thrower. If you saw that video last season of him chucking an iPad in the uh, coach's booth in the stadium, he was uh, red-assed. I understand going with Dalton Kincaid. Just personally, I hate going tight end in the first round. I don't like think he's just, a tight it, end. I think that's his position, but I think yeah, he's going to play more I, of a I, slot I, receiver piss, role. Piss off. I heard that about Evan Ingram too, and I fell for that, and that's why I don't want to do this. It just, I I'm, I am, I understand it because J there's... Jerry, had, had your heart been broken before you met the <laughs> lovely Mrs. Jerry? I mean, I'm you sure probably thought has. You probably thought you were never going to move on. You thought you were going to be a bachelor for life, and you're just going to bounce around from honey to honey to honey, but, you know, you fell in love. You found the one. Maybe Ken Dorsey and the Bills found the one. Hey, maybe they did. And listen, it's a great situation, great draft capital, yada, yada, yada. So, like, I get it. I get it. And it, this this chunk of players, I just, I hate it. I, I Like, there's so many people in this range that I just hate taking at 110. Like, it, it just feels like I'm absolutely wasting value. And 100%, I should just trade it for a 2024 first and just let somebody else make this choice. Because I honestly, like, I, I think there's an argument that you could take 13 guys, like 10 guys in, in, in from like 110 to 112. I, I think I think there's a tier literally from 110 to 210. There's like 12 guys in there. Like That's what I'm saying. Like, like if, if you took Marvin Mims there, wouldn't hate you. If you took Rashi Rice, wouldn't hate you. Jaden Reed, I'm, I'm not going to hate you there. I feel like they all have the same amount of success rate that Zay Flowers is going to have or Dalton Kincaid's going to have. Like, I, I don't want to get hurt from Rashi Rice by just taking him because he's a Kansas City Chief. They got early draft capital. How you doing, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? So, I mean, I've been spit in the face before with that situation. Like, Jaden Reed, I 
I mean, I love that situation, but maybe Jordan Love is absolutely diarrhea and he just can never, you know, get, get a wide receiver to be fantasy relevant. So that that's iffy too. You got Zach Charbonnet, you got to deal with Kenneth Walker. Like it's just such a shit clump that's horrible to maneuver through. Which is why in general I have just traded it for 2024 first. But I mean, if you can get that done, do. But the the one thing that I've been doing a lot, and Alan and I talked about that on his pod the other day, was two things that I do with these rookie drafts, and, and I didn't do it soon enough. So that would be my lessons learned. You know, what'd you do right? What'd you do wrong? What are you going to do differently going forward? So one thing that that I wasn't really prepared for, and that's shame on me, was going to our lads. If you've never used our lads, type in your favorite NFL team and type in our lads, and that's going to give you the depth chart. And you don't realize how, I mean, there's like a thin layer of skin between, you know, I, I, we'll talk about Chase Brown here in just a little bit. There's a thin layer of skin between Chase Brown and Dynasty Fantasy Relevance this year. And that piece of skin's Joe Mixon. He's an idiot. I mean, I have a lot of Joe Mixon because I think that's Me his too. job. I, I think that's his contract. I think 2023 is Joe Mixon's last year in Cincinnati. I think even if there ends up being a suspension, kind of like Alvin Kamara last year, that they'll wind up pushing that into to next year because – I'm not saying the league is rigged, but I think the league would love Joe Mixon and the Cincinnati Bengals to have all oars in the water rowing toward a Super Bowl direction. And maybe they'll let Joe be dealt with next year. I don't know. We'll see how everything plays out. But Joe Mixon, you know, he's been healthy-ish the last couple of years, but go look yeah. at early in his career, not the, the epitome of health. True. And a guy like Chase Brown is. So, you know, look at those. and then And then look at the team's future salary cap. You know, who are these teams that have the big money quarterback? Hey, why did the why did the, the Chiefs not draft a bunch of running backs or any running backs or bring anybody in? Because there was rumor they could bring in Kareem Hunt. It's a great question. I'll tell you why. They've got to pay Patrick Mahomes. Just like the Bengals are soon to have to pay Joe Burrow. Just like the Eagles will soon have to pay, or I guess the extension kicks in next year on Jalen Hurts. So they need these rookies to get up to speed this year. Because they're going to be counted on next year. And one of the first guys that I identified as that, because the Saints are already a whopping. Holy shit. How can you be this poor at manage your money? But they do it every year. $74 million over the cap. New Orleans Saints, Jerry. I've been getting a ton of Kendra Miller. Now, he's listed as third on the depth chart. It goes Alvin Kamara. It goes Jamal Williams. It 100%. goes Kendra Miller. And, and, and that has caused him to fall even in super flex drafts into that, you know, early to mid second, I'm gobbling it all up. He is tied for my most exposed to rookie. I've got four copies of Kendra Miller already on my dynasty roster out of like 16 drafts. So I'm like at a 25% to date exposure on Kendra Miller. And, and you were a big Kendra Miller guy. You you were the first one along with all of our guests that I had earlier in the, the off season, but I'm more than happy to have him as one of my most exposed rookies. So what do you think about Miller and give us uh, one of your most exposed to? I mean, I'm I'm 100% still in on Miller. It, if anything, the draft helped him out because the external optics of it, he's got Kamara and he's got Williams there. So it, it doesn't look like he has just a pathway to immediate success. And maybe he doesn't. But with the risk of every single one of those picks in that range, 
he is very, very much likely to end up as a starter in that situation sooner rather than later. I mean, let's let's look at what Jamal Williams did every single year of his career, except for last year. And there's not a single person who coming into last year would have said Jamal Williams is going to stand between a running back in anything. He just happened to get 17 touchdowns or whatever the hell it was. Is that he, likely to be repeated? No, I don't. I don't think so. I, I, no. I don't. I don't believe so at all. Listen, I, I I don't like betting on sports because it's a it's it's it can be a risky business outside of fantasy. That's different. I can screw myself out of that money. But if I were a gambling, help. if I exactly, if I were a gambling man, I would bet the mortgage that Jamal Williams goes far under what he did last year. Like it, it, there's just there's no way he doesn't because he's just never shown that that that's who he is. And Alvin Kamara is going to be 26, 27, I think. He's I think approaching he's the last year. almost 28, but the bigger okay, thing is so Alvin Kamara. Le- well, and the suspension. The suspension. Oh, well, of course, but you know, e- e- even still, even ignoring the suspension, he's not long to be in New Orleans. I mean, yeah, we talk about how poor they are at managing their money. What are they going to do? Resign a 29-year-old running back? Fuck no. So uh, so that's going to leave a hole for somebody that they drafted relatively early who profiles pretty damn well. Yeah, sign me up for Kendra Miller. Love that every single time. Well, as I'm far sharing, as a guy... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just wanted to share no, a, he, a note from Harry Snowman uh, in the YouTube chat. He said Miller was drafted at the 308 and Kamara was selected with the 305. So similar draft capital, it's like, do they see this as their long-term replacement? It has to be, because right. I believe this is... Well, it's not going to be Jamal. What's, it's it's Kendra, it's it's Kamara's last year in New Orleans. They can't afford him. They can't afford to restructure him, because when you restructure somebody, you restructure a quarterback or a young corner or a young wide receiver, so you can push that money out into a, to the future books. You wouldn't want to do that with a running back. You wouldn't want to have... Locked in money to it, Alvin Kamara, a Dalvin Cook, a Joe Mixon, and Aaron Jones, because you know that eventually they're going to stop meeting the value of that contract. So I love Miller this year, but I think long term, this is a guy that that you're getting cheap that could be an RB one as soon as the end of the year, like from a performance wise, and then in dynasty, maybe even as soon as next year. Yeah, hundred percent. As far as my guy, I already mentioned him, Rashi Rice, and I didn't come into these drafts thinking I was going to take him, but at some point, like I'm, I'm picking between like, you know, just but like Tank Bigsby and like like I can go with Roshan Johnson, who's actually a guy I have a ton of, but like, am I going to take a second round wide receiver with Patrick Mahomes or a fourth round running back for the Chicago Bears who has to deal with Justin Fields, like? Get the fuck out of here. Not a chance I, I'm going to do that. I, I took the running back, but I'll let you talk about Rice, and then I'll come back over See, the top. But like, and like I, li- I like Roshan, but this is a dude that has never never ha- had a huge workload because being in the backfield with Bijan. But who, let's be honest. Who does Patrick Mahomes really have? He's got Travis Kelsey, right? And Travis Kelsey is always going to be there, and Travis Kelsey is always... Build the statue outside of Arrowhead, because that boy deserves it. He is the one-on-one of tight ends all time. You can sit and stare at a wall, Gronk fans. I'm sorry. But outside of that, like Kadarius Tony, I, I, I saw a sleeper notification before we started recording that said they view him as the one. Kadarius Tony's never done anything. 
what are we talking about? Like Sky Moore's cute. Sky Moore showed that he's not going to be like some elite producing dynasty asset. Like he, he's he's a fine NFL wide receiver. I, I mean, that dude was second fiddle to Jaden Reed when Jaden Reed was 18 years old at, at Western Michigan. So I don't know. It, like the the path to somebody who's going at like 206, 210, and he had a second round draft capital. Like this isn't like Clyde Edwards Hilaire where we were taking him at 102, 104 just because he landed in Kansas City. Rashi Rice is still a value. And he's in the premier situation that anyone got drafted into. And it was early enough draft capital. Fuck yes. Do, do me ask you a question. Easy for me. Let me ask you a question about Rashi Rice real quick. Yeah. Do you think he's paying for the sins of Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Because as the podfather, especially, he is the the best example of this. He pointed out the fallacy of drafting players based off of head coach narrative, which is why when he did the Sonic Truth a couple of years ago with Nate Liss, he was 100% on the side of right. He lived on a mountain of right. Nate was in a valley of wrong for, for chasing for chasing Clyde Edwards Hilaire because he was attached to Kansas City. Do you think that because of that narrative being so incorrect about Clyde Edwards Hilaire, do you think that it's caused Rashi Rice to fall in rookie drafts? Because they're like, I'm not falling for this again. I saw this once with Clyde Edwards and I'm not doing it twice. I mean, listen, I this game has spit in my face numerous times and I have overcorrected because of it. That is absolutely probably the case. I just I, I don't understand. It was he was absolutely like this sleeper that everyone was super excited to have. And then all of a sudden he gets good draft capital and he's with Kansas City. And it's like the pivot goes the completely other direction just because he's not this diamond in the rough guy. He's not this no name from I mean, not a no name because we're dynasty and we're all degenerates. So we know everybody's name. But like, you know, some sp- small school guy who's going to get underdrafted and I'm going to scoop him up in my rookie drafts and he's going to, and then all of a sudden none of that happens and the NFL treats him exactly like sort of, we treat him like he, you know, he's going to be an asset and it's like all of a sudden, Oh, you know, the dynasty community is a bunch of hipsters. I mean, I say that like I'm not wearing a flannel with a backwards hat and a beard right now, but the, at the moment, IPA? Uh, I am not, I am drinking Woodford double oaked. Uh, there you go. So, neat. So- Jerry's a bourbon guy. So I will say, I'll mention briefly my, my other second most owned rookie one. I have four copies of Kendra Miller. I have four copies of Michael Wilson Jr. And I can talk about both him and Rashi Rice at the same time. You're either different than better than, or the same as the guys on your team. What does Rashi Rice, or I, I know it's a Rashi, is it Ra- let's call him Jerry I, I Rice. Yeah. So it's, it's Rashi right. Rice and Michael Wilson Jr. They're different than. Kadarius Tony, short guy, shifty, fast, same as Sky Moore. You know, he's the 6'2". He's the big guy. He's the boundary wide receiver. And you go to our lad, you know who's between him and a starting role? You're going to love this. You know, who, you know who's listed ahead of him as the starter? Who? Oh. MVS, Marquez uh-huh. Valdez-Scantling. How yeah, out of here. He'll, he'll yeah. take that job over in no time because they paid him a, a pretty bloated contract. I think... I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't make the, the the final 53. And then the same thing with Michael Wilson Jr. That's why I have so many of, of, of him on my rosters. He's, he's the big guy. And he's a guy who, in spite of injury concerns and, you know, not the best production in college, really, 
He's different than what Greg Dortch does. He's different than what Rondale Moore does. You know what his biggest problem is? His name is Michael Wilson. He's like your next door neighbor. He's like an accountant. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I've been getting a ton of him in the late third, early fourth. And like every time I go there, it's like you see the same guys. It's Xavier Hutchinson. It's Trey Palmer. It's, you know, those type of guys. And I'm just like, absolutely, yes, please. Let me get some more Michael Wilson. I actually got him at a four away in an industry league, like literally with the Dynasty I, Nerds and the FF Dynasty and the Dynasty I Happy mean, that's. I mean, he's going late. He's going late and he's got top 100 draft capital. I mean, you're probably going to have to eat it for a year because you got Colt McCoy, but I mean, that's an easy stash. I'm with you. Like, I don't have tons of them. I don't have as much, but I have taken stabs when I have picks in well, that range. Well, that's my fault. I, and, I, and I'm, well, that's probably true. But, uh, but I'm thrilled every time I get them because, you, you know, you're picking between just late round stabs, guys that were picked in the 180th pick, and you can get a top 100 guy. Relatively good offense. I mean, hopefully, when Kyler comes back, we'll see. Relatively good quarterback, I should say. You gotta love you know, it. I mean, it, it, I mean, pushes... it's it, it's it's an easy stab for sure in that range because because you're trying to just clobber it, and you've seen DeAndre Hopkins be old as hell. Hollywood, I am absolutely a Hollywood guy, and Hollywood's just never been it. So fuck yeah, that's I mean, well, well I mean, good like, stabs. Like, like, like I said, you know, and Kyler does not tend to throw a lot of balls over the middle. If you look at his distribution chart, I think part of a short joke, uh, it's, it's, it's a short reference. You know, he, he does not throw a lot of balls over the middle and he tends to push the ball to the boundary. And Michael Wilson is listed as the backup to Deandre Hopkins. I still think there's a large opportunity between now and training camp for a team to go, you know what? We're going to go get D-Hop. We're going to rework the contract. We're going to figure it out. He's only 30, 31 years old. We're going to make it happen. But I'm going to make one, one more, one more ad break from our man, the Podfather. Then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to slap Jerry with some facts about Roshan Johnson. So let's hear from the Podfather and then come back for uh, this whooping that Jerry's going to receive. Oh, I'm wearing Cody's hat in honor of Cody Carpentier. He has finished the rookie guide. It is a masterpiece, the best rookie guide you will read that combines both real NFL draft analysis and fantasy analysis. This guy goes deep. I mean, do you know who Tyon Evans is? This man wrote up and ranked 40 running backs, 40 wide receivers, 15 quarterbacks, and 23 tight ends. 23 tight ends? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. We've got fantasy rookie draft cheat sheets for super flex and single quarterback to go along with these write-ups that include analytics player comps and play style player comps. All the stats you need, the analysis you need to understand what kind of impact these guys are going to have in the NFL and for your fantasy team. So go to playerprofiler.com, go to any player page, go to the NFL draft section and click the button to get the rookie guide. It's just 10 bucks. That's it. That's all. It's not the most expensive, but it is the best. Uh, the guide is the best, and Cody is the best. But, Jerry, are you ready to get your, your whooping? Yeah. Uh, uh, listen, Ro- Roshan, John- Roshan Johnson is literally being blocked by Khalil Herbert yeah. and Deonta Foreman. Deonta yeah. Foreman is, is slow. He is a, a, a bruiser. Now, he's listed as the starter, which I find to be wild. And Khalil Herbert, not the healthiest guy around. And guess which GM named Ryan drafted Khalil Herbert? Because it wasn't Ryan Poles. No, it wasn't that. 
Ryan Poles picked picked Deontay uh, Deonta Foreman in free agency, and he picked Roshan Johnson in the draft. So I think the path for him to again he's a attached to a mobile quarterback, but this is the kind of team where they have a ton of draft capital. They've really put a lot into the offensive line. They've got good skill position players. He's not going to get a ton of passes, but he's a guy that I think if you get him out into space, he can do a ton of interesting things in this offense. Former quarterback. Imagine how creative you can get with a guy who could, you know, do some of those, you know, running back halfback passes. Those are so much fun. And we know that when these guys hit, if a wide receiver hits, let's say, you know, who else did you have in that range there? Mingo. Oh, yeah. Well, Mingo's a little earlier, but like Jaden Reed, Jaden Reed and Rashi Rice. Okay, so if if Rashi Rice becomes a B plus student, Jerry, I was I was a B plus student. I cruised on B pluses. I was not an A because I just it wasn't me. But but if if both if both Rashi Rice and Roshan Johnson hit at a B plus level, who's worth more next year? Roshan Johnson is exactly that is exactly right. Are there more running backs available in this draft class, or are there more wide receiver dart throws in this class? I mean, wide receiver dart throws. So let's throw a dart on a guy. And and I'm not going to say that I couldn't have been influenced by Theo. I'm not going to say that I couldn't have been influenced by Allen and Cody and Matt and all the guys here at play. I'm, I'm going to admit there was some of that. But I, I see this guy. I see the opportunity. And I see the guys in front of him. And no real draft capital. No real major expenditures. And just a guy that. I, I found a ton of coming in. I think he, I think he was a steal, and I think that's why you have to get him in your rookie draft. I'm not against that because I do think he is going to be the starter there. It, it, not not far into the future. All right. Well, let, let, he let's just he he smells he smells more Jeremy Langford to me. Than anything there's a, else. There's a there's a Bears name I have not heard in a long. Well, do, you time. know, he just he was in he was in that situation where Matt Forte was there, and then all of a sudden Matt Forte was he but gets is there hurt. A Matt and he's Forte old. on the roster? No, 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 no. There's not. But I'm saying like once Matt Forte was out of the picture, Jeremy Langford comes up and dun da da da. Even though maybe he's actually more Jordan Howard, who took over for Jeremy Langford and had a nice career. So listen, I I got a, I got a lot of Roshan Johnson. Don't get me wrong, because he's absolutely without a doubt, 100% the last running back I'm taking in this draft. I'm not taking stabs on any other corpse that is there, and I'm actually happier to have him than any other running back who's not Jameer Gibbs or Bijan Robinson. Well, Just again, because, that, just because that, the, the, the cost of acquisition for Zach Charbonnet or Devin A. Chain and just tank, you know, I'm just... No, but thank those, you. Like, but, I, but, but those are the guys that, that, that I don't want. Those are what I agree. Like, like the guys that the guys that you want in this draft are Chase Brown, who is, you know, literally only being blocked by by Joe Mixon. You know, as much as like I, I like the talent of Zach Evans, you know, it's it's literally him and Kyron Williams fighting for the backup behind Cam Akers, who still hasn't looked great coming off of the Achilles. You've got hey, Dwayne let, McBride. Let can you can you put Terrence's post up on up on this? Because that I I don't think I could say it any better than that. Because like I I feel like he is, you know he he's somebody that can jump into a role, right? But I feel like he's going to be out as fast as he's in. 
just Jerry, just as, like as, just as, like as, Jeremy Langford was. Like, hey, listen, and Jeremy Langford was a Spartan, so I don't I don't like to shit on him. You know, he uh, played in the Rose Bowl, won us the Rose Bowl. Bless, I love him for the rest of my life. But in and out, and that's uh, Roshan. As the host of the show, and Terrence, thank you so much for for chiming in. I, I say this both jokingly, and Jerry never asked me to put up a, a comment that disagrees with me again, never. Uh, but there are a couple other running backs that I don't have shares yet that I'm I'm looking to to correct. Another guy, Eric Gray. The depth okay. chart, the, 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 he is going at the 407 and, yeah. and the mid four. So we'll say the mid fours for Eric Gray. It is literally Saquon Barkley. We all like him. He's good. True. Matt Breda. Eh, Eric Gray. So, so you mean to tell me that he's a Saquon high ankle sprain? He's a Saquon hammy. He's a Saquon injury away from being meaningful this year. This year, not next year. He's not a maybe. And we know that these guys get opportunities. So he's a guy that I really think, I, I, I really think that that the whole dynasty industry is sleeping on. And I hate that term, to be honest, but in this case, it's actually true. I have heard so little about Eric Gray until I spent an hour with Alan the other day. And I was like, holy shit, how did I miss Eric Gray? How did I miss this depth chart, Jerry? I mean, that's that's the situation. He has no standalone value outside of injuries. But if you're going to take a stab in the fourth round, here's the here's what you do with Eric Gray. So if you're going to take that pick at 4-0, whatever, when, when, you know, one of those just garbage picks where you're looking at all the players and you just go, damn it, I don't even want to pick one of these, and you take him, go white for the record. You just, you take him, you hope that he can hit. You hope that Saquon goes out and there's a situation where somebody goes, damn it, I need a running back, and you can flip him for a second or a third. And you profited. You're never you're never going to rely on him long-term, but you can absolutely profit. So I, I, I agree with you on that pick. It, right, it I, is I, absolutely a, a day trader. You're a day trader with Eric. Well, Gray. But, but but that but that's the whole thing because if you're a contender, and you're not afraid to move your future first, right? Because I do this on, on contenders. Like if I'm on the one one eleven one twelve, or you know, and that's what I, I project my 2024 to be, right? Like I I I won the league or I did real well in 22. I think I'm going to do well in 23. So if I do well in 23, then my rookie pick's going to be like 2024s. 111 112 right mm-hmm. i'm not afraid i'm not afraid to move that now because then i can add like a, a kendra miller or a marvin mims you know for like the 203 or something like that but then if you hit on an eric gray if you hit on a chase brown i'll tell you another guy if you hit on a tank bigsby who's going like right around the the two three turn you know again e- either different than the same as or better than the guys, he is different than Travis Etienne. He is a bruiser. He is a battering ram. He is a guy that could, and again, Travis Etienne has had an injury history. So if if Tank Biz, Bigsby gets some meaningful touches in this offense, that's where if, if I'm moving picks around and moving futures, these are the guys that if you hit on a Chase Brown, you could flip for future first. Yes, Jerry, I am trying to day trade or in this case year trade a lot no, of no, no. I, and we, I'm just saying we have hit the fundamental draft strategy of one Memphis Young with these late-round running backs. You, you, you can turn them into a future first. I've learned my lesson. I've learned my lesson. I've I, I, I have done this for years, and James Robinson was the one that got me. James 
Robinson got me. Harry, I, I see Harry Snowman in the group chat. He says Bigsby does nothing for me. I'm, I'm Listen, long, long, me. long term, long term, I'm the same. He's just he's not my type of guy. But if, if you're gonna take a guy that's essentially like a a dollar scratch off that you find in your winter coat. I mean, you're you're still going to scratch it off and see if you won. Well, but and, and you might range, be able to flip him for a future third or something if he ends up getting a role because of an injury. I mean, that's he, I mean that's easy profit. And he's asking, did I draft Snoop Connor last year? Sure, I did. I was hoping see, but, that I was, I was troping, I was hoping ex- at the exactly. So, some sometimes those dollar scratch offs, you know, you're one number off on every one of them, and you crumple that bitch up and you throw oh, it's, it in the it's trash. Money bag so, for sure. Yeah, money bag. Oh, whammy sign. So. <laughs> I mean, that, that's not great, but I mean, that's why I, I'm always going to lean late in these drafts, unless it's a guy that I love, like Michael Wilson. I'm always going to take the shot on the running back. I'm going to take the shot on Sean Tucker. I'm going to take the shot on Dwayne McBride, as opposed to like, I'm looking at a draft right now. I'm looking at uh, someone took Puka Nakua ahead of Dwayne McBride. Give me, give me Dwayne McBride. He's literally two good games away from me getting an in-season second for him next year. That's that's all that I need. And if Puka Nakua has two good games in a row, I'm not getting a future scratch-off lottery ticket for it. But if no, McBride, Gray, Brown, all these running backs, if they can just piece together two games in week 11 and week 12, I can go get someone's 2024 fourth. I'm not fourth, yeah. excuse me, 2024 second. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, yeah, definitely if you're on the precipice of the playoffs too, for sure. I think that's the thing. Is That's sort of a flaw in Dynasty players is we – we draft them not to flip them at short-term value opportunities like that. We draft them hope, we, hoping that they'll be a success X amount of time. And if I take him in the fourth, that X is going to be very small. But in reality, if you can get even a spike in value at any point from a player, especially someone that's that late in a draft, I, I get why you do it. Like it, I have... And this is this is a problem with me, too, is because I'll just take wide receivers because I just trust that they have an opportunity to get in. But you're right. If they do hit for two to three weeks in a row, I make zero profit on the situation. And with a running back, you absolutely do. And and, and quarterbacks and and running backs. Now, Michael Wilson was. A fourth. Like, I I have no said we're getting ready to go into some guys that we have none of. I have no Cedric Tillman. Because and I like I do too, but Tillman. I it's yeah, it's not that I don't want. I'm I'm I think I have one, but but like like me, like my late round guys, I keep taking Houston wide receivers just because I there's an opportunity for them to take the spot. But you're right though, like like if they hit two or three games, four games on the year, is it really going to spike their value a ton? I mean, not really. And, like and, and, I, like I've taken Tank Dell and Xavier Hutchinson pretty interchangeably late, just because I don't. Love any of the wide receivers there. I mean, I'm hoping Mechie can come in because I got a lot of him stashed, but the opportunity is there for those guys. But are there any tight ends that 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 you've gotten a lot of? Let's let's bring start bringing this one in with zero with tight, tight ends. I have, have I have drafted zero tight ends. Oh my goodness, none. Not even I hate tight ends. I, no, I I don't think so. I don't think he's going too early. I got too many Lions fans in my league, so. That's true. You 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 were originally hailed from the great state of Michigan. So I, and now I, I live in Iowa. So I'm just the whole Sam Laporta package. I, hey now, I, I have I have like the uh, the Noah's Ark of tight ends. I have two Hutchinson. I have two Musgrave. Two Laporta. Two uh, Shoemaker. 
with the the Dallas Cowboys. It seems like I have two of everybody except Kincaid. I think I got one. I have no Darnell Washington. But yeah, I mean, where these guys are going, and I play, I don't say primarily, but like most of our patron leagues and most of the leagues I'm in, there's a there's a lot of guys that I, I've I've been scooping up at the the tight end position because there's so few good ones, and there's so there, many there, there, there's there so many offenses, and so many of these guys like Laporta, like Musgrave, like I think Shoemaker. Everything I hear, uh, Matt Kelly had on Mo- Marcus Mosier the other day. Marcus is really tied into the Dallas Cowboys, and they took him in the second round. And dude, Marcus is patched in, and he's like, he's a guy. And I'm I'm really excited that I have two of my rosters holding Shoemaker shares. But you, you have literally like no tight ends. That's baffling to me. None, zero. Nev- I honestly, I don't even know if I've considered taking one. That's, tight ends that's, just don't. There's, there's not even even the good tight ends are just not worth my time. So I just don't. I, like I'm good. Like I'll I'll take Evan Ingram every every single time a hundred times out of a hundred over any of them. I, and I'm, he's I'm, cheaper. I'm, he's cheap. He's cheaper than all of them. Like I, I I could probably flip Shoemaker and get Evan Ingram, and I don't think Luke Shoemaker is good, but. I, I mean, it, the, the the resounding memory I have of him is Charles Brantley intercepting him, and we took Paul Bunyan home. Love that game, Spartan Stadium, 2022. Right. But I'm standing by my theory that more teams are going to do more 12 personnel, and and Evan Ingram is part of the reason why I think you're I just, jaded. I, I think he's right. T- why you're jaded? Tight, tight ends are fullbacks. Tight, he, tight he, ends are fullbacks. He they, they're you? they're just dying. And Joku burned you. OJ Howard burned you. And you've been Hawk hurt. sort of burned you. Who? Hawk. TJ oh, Hawkins sort of burned you. Like, what? No, like, no, 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 no. I, I mean, it's too late. Oh, I'm absolutely hating on tight ends. It, it, they're just they're a horrible position. They they don't help you out. You have Travis Kelsey or you don't. But but that's I mean, Mark the whole Andrews thing. In, in the to second an extent. Round, in, the, in the second round, I'm. Listen, I, I get it. I get I, I get it. It's just. Ugh. like I, I feel like all I ever end up doing is I take a tight end and then they just sit and they either they're on my bench and they never amount to anything. The OJ Howard's of the world, or I start them and they're just thanks for the seven points. Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm <laughs> once you get past the two, once you get past the two Oh five, two Oh six, man, I'm, I'm not afraid. Cause I'm looking at my roster. It's like, do I need a tight end? Am I going to need one in a year? Am I going to need one in two years? this is like that you're always gonna need one that's the story because they suck and listen there's this is a different strategy we're in leagues where you have to start two and there's 1.75 premium and listen i have absolutely screwed myself because of my opinions on tight ends in that league as you are well aware of i think you won a league you won that league one of the years we did it uh i won the tight ends with with okay with good tight ends because you know why and and that it, it has been my achilles heel so I'm not saying it's not a mistake every single time, but more often than not, just avoiding tight ends has not been a bad thing for me. All right. What other mistakes are you seeing out there that maybe your league mates and contemporaries are making? I, we sort of talked about Zay Flowers, and I don't I don't want to beleaguer the point too much because he is a very talented guy that I liked coming in. I just hate relying on him at 110. Like that just blows my mind. Like I would flip that pick over taking Zay Flowers to get 
25 wide receivers that you could get for the 110. And I'm not even talking about 25 wide receivers total. I'm talking about the 25 you can get for the 110. Like it just, I don't like risking that much draft capital that early for a guy that is certainly going to be the third option behind Lamar Jackson, behind J.K. Dobbins, behind Mark Andrews. So he's, I mean, he's just, he's falling down the pecking order and that's assuming Rashad Bateman is never going to be a thing. I just don't like it. And he, and he goes almost universally like 110 or 111. And I just, I in Superflex, Yeah. You're no, you're, you're, you're yes. In, in Superflex, Sorry. He's right there at the 110. And the 110 is where I start dra- where What I've learned is, is that's where I start drafting roster dependent. I, I know that a lot of quote unquote dynasty shows like to say, take the best player available. You don't set a lineup in May. You know what I do in three months, and and I don't want to be sitting here looking at Zay Flowers because you know what? No one's going to give me in three months the quarterback that I needed when I could have taken Will Levis. No one's going to give me the tight end that I could have drafted Dalton Kincaid there. So once I get to the 110, that's been my big takeaway. But you can get the wide receiver 45 on the year if you if you really want. And that's I mean, what Zay Flowers is going to be. I mean, would you rather have 110 or your boy Marquise Brown? Hollywood, Hollywood Brown. Would you? you I mean, you might you might eat an L this year with Colt, but long term, I'll take Hollywood every time. Do you think you could get a Deontay Johnson or a DJ Moore with one ten? Do you think you could get not DJ Moore anymore? He's too expensive. If this was three hundred and sixty five days ago, you probably could have. Deontay Johnson's close. The problem is, is the person that has Deontay Johnson likes Deontay Johnson. That that that's probably fair because you know because I don't want to sit here and tell the good listeners of the show all these people watching on YouTube go trade the one ten what do you what do you trade it for because yeah. you you know because a lot of times and listen, you know, I'm I'm not gonna say that Zay Flowers can't make me look stupid he 100 percent can so if that if that's your dude I don't trust, think it will trust the situation because eight listen AJ Brown got drafted into a dog shit situation and was great not as good as he is now that he's in a great situation but even when he was in Tennessee. He was good. So it can happen for sure. You know, sometimes talking heads like me like to talk and think we're the smartest things in the world. I'm letting you know that there's a very real possibility I can be wrong. Just personally, it's it's too much risk for me right there. It, it is a lot of risk at the 110. And Odell's I, there. I, well, uh, thank you so much. How, how, how fucking Jesus, healthy Gary. is Odell? Well, I know. I know. But he's, he's at least worth Bateman? mentioning. How about Bateman? It's the same well, thing you yeah. talking about earlier with, with Kadarius Tony. I know. But I know. But you you at least got to mention the man. I mean, I mean, they they paid they paid him money. They got to throw him the rock. He's, he's gonna have a terrible shot, haircut. Not, they got to put him on the sideline. They got to have the camera on him. It's it's it's, but it's like what what's the again? What's the likelihood he gets on the field? What's on the light? What's the likelihood he has to step in? And and the the bigger thing that concerns me for Zay Flowers is is the tight end is Mark Andrews. Yeah, it's not Odell Beckham Jr. We'll be real honest with you. It's not Rashad Bateman. The thing that concerns me in Baltimore for Zay Flowers is Mark Andrews because Mark Andrews is a dog and he is the focal point of that offense. I will say this. I think if anything, this is a a great opportunity. If you can sell that narrative that this is bad for Mark Andrews and you can maybe find a team that's maybe ready for a rebuild and maybe Mark, you know, Andrews is like what in year six, I think five or six. And, right. and you know it's it might be time to move on from him. That would be the kind of messaging I would I would go try to get Mark Andrews because I'm telling you if we look back in in a year 
and, and Zay Flowers ended up leading this team in wide receiver targets and receptions, I'm not going to be shocked. Zero percent shocked, Jerry. Yeah, I I'm with you. Like it, it's it's a it's a scary situation for sure. Just, All right. Anything else that that you're seeing from your 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 dynasty rookie drafts that have given you like that what the hell moment? You know, I I mean, there's been a couple reaches on guys, but honestly, one of them was in a home league, so I'm not going to mention it because you know, it's not applicable. Happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you the thing that 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 I've seen, and, and this is a, a a good note for the listener is is know who you're in a league with. So I'm in a league. I, I, this GM will remain nameless because you would know his name. And tremendous gamer, tremendous dynasty player. But, you know, they say that, that you know, um, cars and beautiful women can make men stupid. Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to add dynasty rookie picks into that category as well. Sure be, be, because they start making some decisions that, and, you know, this is not gender specific, but we just start making knuckleheaded moves when it comes to these rookies and, and sometimes it's like i'll talk about our good friend nate nobody really knows nate uh, nate's an awesome commissioner nate's an awesome dynasty gamer but sometimes nate i just feel like nate's trading for the sake of trading he likes action he likes rookies and sometimes you're out there without a net and it's like it's just like you have to understand something. Do you know the 2020 class, Jerry? Do you know how many of the first rounders? So this is the success rate of the first round. How many of the 32 picks had their fifth year option picked up? I mean, you're setting me up for a low number. So what is it? It's 12, 12. So, so yeah, literally just, a, just over a, a third of, of the first round picks hit by NFL standards. That doesn't mean that they're all bad. It just means that they have not exceeded expectations to date. So if that percentage goes down from the first round NFL draft capital to the second to the third, we have to remember the odds of these guys hitting are pretty small. So don't get over your skis. Now, if you've identified a guy, you've got Cody's draft guide, you've got the dynasty, you know, deluxe, you've got the breakout finder, and you've just really in your own research, by the way, don't ever, ever forget to do your own research. It, it, it will always make you feel better about the decision. You know, I'm a, when I buy stuff, um, my wife's not listening. So I love buying my son baseball bats and they are not cheap, but I, I, I don't just take the, the most popular, it, the, the player profiler, if you will, of baseball bat review channels is the baseball bat bros, but I just don't take their word for it. You know, I, I like to go to the local batting cage, let my son hit them. And once we, once we've done our research on top of the research we've been given, then we buy a new baseball bat or two, but don't, but don't tell Mrs. Memphis. It's not good for me. It's this, this, this is not a good conversation, but you get my point. I, I, I saw something. It intrigued me. I like the people that were giving me the recommendation, but I went out and did my own research on top of the research given to me. You should always do that in this process. Well, that's the thing. I mean, dynasty, dynasty players are psychopaths. I mean, we're, we're, we're having a, a podcast in May, four months before the season starts. And this is when the dynasty podcast community gets all its numbers because we're psychos. Like we're four months before the season even starts. And if I tell people that I do a fantasy football podcast, they're like, why the fuck are you doing that in May, dude? But little do they know I was doing it in February and March and 
Because we're psychos. You, we, we are all absolutely one hundred percent psychos. No, if if you're tuned into the Dynasty Warzone YouTube channel or you're tuned into the Player Profiler YouTube channel, you're a winner. But you're, you're a psycho. You, you're, you're still you're, a psycho. No, no, you just care more. That's true. I'm not, I'm not going to call someone who cares we, more a psycho. You are doing the work. You, we, you are the Kobe Bryant because he's the mama mentality. You are the Kobe Bryant. You are the JJ Watt. You are the Michael Jordan of your league. You will that's not why be we play Dynasty. You will not be outworked. You will not be out hustled. You will not be out researched. You will not be out prepared because why? Because you listen to the Dynasty Warzone. You listen to the Sonic Truth. You listen to all of the shows on the Dynasty Warzone and on the Player Profiler Network. Don't let Jerry call you a psycho. He is wrong. He's not listen. often wrong, but when he's wrong, he's wrong. He's wrong. You're not psychos. You're winners. You're winners. Listen, when when I'm spending my apologize, money, Jerry. No, absolutely not. Because when I'm spending my friend's money because I won or I'm sending them pictures with me in the trophy with this right here. If you're watching on YouTube, that's a middle finger. If you're on podcast uh, format. I th- oh, th- oh, thank God. Because 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 the, the listening audience might have thought you showed something else and that would get us kicked no. off of YouTube. Listen, whenever I'm doing that, they think I'm a psycho because I'm doing this stuff in May. So, you know but what? That's, Let them that's think why I'm a psycho. Win. That's why we win, guys. So. That's what we've seen. We, we, we've seen a lot of guys moving. Uh, we'll continue this next week because I've still got a bunch. I'm actually in the middle of an auction, and this is my first rookie auction of the offseason. Um, r- rookies are going to be the content du jour for the probably the next couple of weeks. We're going to oh give you a God. couple Parley of weeks. Parlez-vous Francais. You guys hear this guy? And Jerry, I'm a, I'm a well-rounded outcast. You know, I'm, I've, I've, uh, I've, 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 I know a thing or two because I've seen a thing or two, but guys, I, I hope you're enjoying the show because I'm enjoying being here with you guys. The response in the group chat is tremendous. I would love to shout out more people. Uh, I'm going to jump into some of the comments. I'm going to log off of this show. I'm going to go sit in front of my television, but I'm going to go back to this video and I see some people asking some questions and I want to try my best. But if I don't get to your question, in fairness, I see how many of you are watching and I know what I'm setting us up for. If you have a question, tag me, not me and 72 other analysts, me. Tag me at DWZ Memphis in your tweet, which is going to be a question. Hey, Memphis, I've got a rookie draft coming up, and I've got the 104. What do you think? I'm going to get to that tweet. If you tag at Jerry Send DWZ, he's going to get to it. Don't be offended if it takes a couple hours. It may even take half a day. But if you tag me, at DWZ Memphis, and I missed your comment on this YouTube feed, I'm going to respond. I'm going to answer that question because you're supporting us. You're supporting this show. That's how we grow as podcasters. You you click, you subscribe, you download, you comment, you rate, and you review. That's how you help us. So I'm going to help you. Tag me at DWZ Memphis, Jerry. I love Not that. you. I'm going, to, I'm going to steer you wrong yeah. on purpose. Yeah, 100%. Well, that's because... I, that's because I'd be sending you pictures with me in the trophy and the money. So what are you going to do? Wait a minute. So it's, it's always me who winds up with the money, but we're going to be uh-huh. back in the money. I'm going to try to get this guy to do a bonus podcast with me on Wednesday. I don't know. Jerry is the uh, the hardest working man outside of the dynasty business as well. But uh, oh, don't tell nobody. I got a reputation to uphold, sir. And me it and is my stone, um, my stone cold shirt and my bourbon. I am living my best life. He is, in fact. So on behalf of the man living his best life, his name is at Jerry Sin DWZ. 
I am at DWZ Memphis. Please give us a rate, review, and follow everywhere, including our Warzone, Dynasty Warzone YouTube channel, as well as Player Profiler. Thank you all for the comments. Thank you all for the great conversation. Tag me if you need me. Tag Jerry if you need him. And remember, here at the Dynasty Warzone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Jerry, you going to come back next week? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even though not if you guys actually listen to 1912 Fantasy and send me your tight end questions. Send Jerry everybody. Send Jerry tight end questions. You heard it now. See you guys. I'll just talk about the running backs. We got Aiden Dennis, dog. Dodie Devon, dog. Uh, Sir Hale, dog. He scored five touchdowns against Southside. RJ Hogue, dog. Sam Kale, I didn't even know he played running back, but he's a dog. Evan Linker, man, I didn't, he's a linebacker in my eyes, but I guess he can run the ball, dog. Uh, and then Quentin Roach, he plays baseball, but he gets after it. He, all SAC first-team baseball player right there, and now he's out here playing football. You know, how about that? Uh, he's a dog. <laughs> Quentin Roach is a dog, absolutely. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football couple months back i joined the patreon just to take my dynasty passion to the next level and i'll tell you what well let's just say there's writer downers for days in the patreon the member you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show you also get access to memphis and jerry for one-on-one advice personal dynasty dilemmas they'll tackle them for you help you out with it you just don't get that anywhere else but i'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more win those championships pause the podcast right now sign up and you can thank me later in the group chat when we add up all those inches that's gonna make the fucking difference between winning and losing we won a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.